ever get the feeling that everyone you see has a podcast? Seems that way. Most of them last a few episodes and run out of steam. Some have been around long enough to reimagine themselves and what they're about. Gritty Birds is one like that. Our guest today makes that podcast. Her name is Jenny Wren Stottrup. You may also know her as singer and composer Jenny Wren. She also operates the podcast forum and assumes her role as a podcast coach. We'll find out all about all of those roles and where the name Gritty Birds came from. Hello, Jenny. Hello, Tom. How you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah. Doing good. It's a rainy day in Portland, and I'm inside where I can pretend that it's actually spring. Well, you know, this is the kind of year, this is the time of year where it, it you know, uh, it doesn't stop raining until uh, the, the until the blues the blues festival. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, but this is. This is the thing. I see. I'm from the Midwest, and this is the time of year that I make fun of people in the Midwest because it's cold there, and uh-huh. it's like somewhere between 65 and a little warmer here. But now <laughs> we're all 43, so I can't rub it in their faces. And when they get warmer, I'm I'm just gonna have had chilly weather the whole time. Like I can't pull it. It's not, yeah. it's not as much fun. Well, the one thing is it guarantees that the Rose Festival will get rained on. Yes, yes. Yeah. But I, I, my birthday's in May, and I have had so much luck so many years where May 11th, my birthday is like 95 degrees. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I just realized that I have my refrigerator on. It's running. I don't hear it. I mean, okay. Good. If you don't hear it, then I won't stand up and turn it off. I usually do that, but. Ah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. No, I, all I can hear is you, which is fine. Hey, this is Good. pretty weird being on um, two podcasts. I mean, you being be, are you? Is it weird for you to be on somebody else's podcast, or are you used to that? Well, I'm used to it because I hadn't been hosting mine for quite some time, so yeah. it was actually more likely for me to be on someone else's show for a while there, other than doing lives, mm-hmm. than it was for me to be interviewing anybody else. Because I haven't been. I'm going to start doing interviews again soon, and yes, yeah, but it's been years since I've interviewed people. Do you miss it? I'm looking forward to it. I am. I think it's going to be fun. I just look forward to kind of getting to know some other people's perspectives because I really did did enjoy interviews. I just didn't, I got into the part where I just didn't love editing them for narrative. Uh And uh, it was, I was also kind of feeling like I was pigeonholing while I was sort of also shifting what I wanted to learn about. So it was like getting kind of promo-y. Uh-huh. And it wasn't as much fun for me just to do promo for other people, like yeah, for artists well, and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's what the best time the, for, the, a, for the, some the, evolution. That is the business, though, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, it can be if that's like what you're doing. And for me, I didn't want to be a, I didn't want to be interviewing artists necessarily. I wanted a different kind of conversation, right? Ah, so, gotcha. yeah, because, gotcha. you know, there's different like there's different kinds of reasons why people tune in. Like what what do you think people from your show tune in generally F- uh, to, to learn about musicians? Yeah, yeah, that's basically exactly. what it's all about. You know, plus, you know, I have uh, since it's, it's been on for so long now, I, I've, I've got my stable of regulars who come who come mm-hmm. in once or twice a year. Whenever Sean Levy has a book, you know, uh, you know I, I, he, he's on because we, we were both at the Oregonian together. 
mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And um, you know, and uh, but it's it's uh, I do I, you know having having been uh, had health problems the last few months. I really miss sitting across from somebody. I really, really miss that, that give and take. It's it's different. It really is. Same. I am a person, like I mentioned, from the Midwest, and there is this kind of idea of like a talk about where we all sit around and have conversations, mm-hmm. just what we do. We're Lutherans. Or, and, <laughs> and, and so that's what we do. Like the Garrison Keillor stuff is real. Like that is my family. And <laughs> that's what we do. We have conversations and we sit around and we just shoot shoot the hay. And mm-hmm. I have uh, before I, I stopped drinking, that was probably one of the, that was one of the reasons that I would go out is I enjoyed meeting new people. And so I would go sit somewhere and have conversations with people I'd never met before. Um, sometimes yeah. it got tricky because I just um, I just have met so many people that like I don't always remember because I just enjoy the conversation. But sitting there and just learning about their perspective and back and forth is just really fun. Yeah. Yeah, and and it, I mean I I like having people on that I know, but I also really like having people on that I've never met before, and I've done several of those lately. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, oh, what's that guy's name? Uh, the guy, uh, the DJ who who plays who, who plays lowbrow. Um, I don't know. Di- dive bars, anyway. Joey mm-hmm. Prude. Joey Prude. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I never met him. You know, I mean, we we had a good time, and I uh, not not too long ago I did. Uh, we were doing some video episodes and over at Artichoke, and uh, I, I I had the and I was it was I did a series of of um, uh, couples who were also both working musicians, and I couldn't find a same sex couple except I finally did. Uh, which was uh, Jana and and her and and her partner from uh, uh, um, Dark Swoon. Dark Swoon. Dark Swoon. They're 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 great. They sound just exactly like their name. <laughs> I love it. When we were mentioning this before, we were. What was the club that they tend to play at? Well, they're playing the Coffin Club lately. The Coffin Club. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> And one of these days, I'll be able to get out of the house and get to these places again. <laughs> I started, I went to a show last week. Uh, that did was you? fun. And yeah, I did. It was a real sh- It was. I mean, I say a real show. It was a touring artist. It was at Rev Hall. My friends ah. had gotten COVID, so they couldn't go. Oh, man. Uh, so I went. And Who it was, was it? It was nice. I'm trying to remember the name of the band. That's I understand. The thing. Yeah. It's it okay. was, But it was someone I had seen before at Pickathon. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were They were fantastic i really enjoyed them and i stayed uh for like the first set and then i went home because i'm used to being yeah. at home at a certain point and right. uh i i found one of the things that i made a choice i feel like around the pandemic i used to go to shows every night you just go see everyone play any, sure. any whoever was playing i would go to like an album release i would go to everything mm-hmm. but i started what, like I started realizing that I was sort of disconnected from everyone, you know? Yeah. So I, yeah. I started making a decision that if I was invited to the show, I would go. Or if it was, I went with somebody because I really liked that sitting across that, that part of like investing time with people mm-hmm. became one of the most important sections of it. It's not just seeing the live music. Mm-hmm. Like it used to be just that, but I took for granted the relationships of the people because I would just see them out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so then I didn't realize that they hadn't deepened in the way that I really like craved 
And it was like, okay, let's, let's solve that in this next phase of life. Let's go to shows with people. Yeah. Are you still performing? I am looking to start performing again. Yeah. It's like the, the whole piece about a lot of the, the trauma recovery was because like a friend of mine shared this the other night because it was like, uh, it was the anniversary of like the show where I had this massive panic attack on stage at mm-hmm. Doug Fur. Nobody really knew that that was what happened, but I was, I like things were really rough and had been for a couple of years with, um, some situations in my life, which is like how, like the whole, you know, anyone who has gone through PTSD knows that it's like, it comes from somewhere and you kind of don't talk about it. And that's why it gets more complicated. And mm-hmm. I, it, it manifested into my performance, which was such a thing because I always felt so safe on stage. Like that was always hmm. a thing and I couldn't do it. I couldn't be up there. It just felt like too much. So it's been really good. And like even having a podcast and just being able to get past a lot of those elements of feeling the way that I did and why I did is finally going past. So I've been training again and I'm focusing on voice and like the work that I'm doing too, which means I have to practice and I'm building little songs back in and and making a choice just like I have been with my workouts to start making a choice Mm -hmm. to build into my schedule time at the piano and time to sing. Hmm. So I hope, to, but I, I really want to find people to collaborate and sing, play with, because I'm a writer. I can I can play keys, but not the way that I can sing. Mm-hmm. And I love being able to let it flow. And I miss doing that because that that that's when it's the most fun for me is when I can play. Are you still writing? I mean, music. I, I did. A, I've done a little bit here and there, but nothing has been super deep. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of it is like. I had taken off time, but a lot of it is, you know, it's one of those confidence things where it's like, you don't really just go with it because you're like, Oh, this is going to be bad. And so what I I've learned and what I've like changed so much in podcasting. And one of the things that has become a core piece of like, even the, the show where Grady birds moved toward is this idea of just creating and, you know, like making sure you're making bad stuff, but you're making stuff. And I'm, 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 that's something that I'm going to, I'm starting to build in, but it's, I started writing something last night because I just had a tune in my head. And so I recorded it to voice memo. This is like always been my process. Mm-hmm. And the other part of the process in any time that I started writing was that I would start, I would like start playing with somebody else. Cause then it would give me ideas and it would sort of like free the, free the space. But it's funny because like I used to find everybody on Craigslist and now it's like, you know, a decade later and I'm like, how do, how do people find each other? Yeah. You can't go to Craigslist and just answer random ads. Yep. I used to be a person who had like, I could get the internet on my phone and email so I could reply first, but mm-hmm. now I can reply first. Hmm. <laughs> what, what, what have you found yourself writing about? Like the song yesterday had to do with like, a concept that I'm playing with for like the the show and it had to do with kind of like anchoring, but letting yourself be free. Mm-hmm. Um, they used to always have to do with relationships and a lot of it was really dark because it was just me trying to like work out when there was a frustration on something 
mm-hmm. you know, either like because I liked somebody or because um, like a someone really close to me, uh, there was trouble and I didn't know how else to express it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that when I, I did my show last, I did a show last summer, I felt that I really wanted to lay these songs to rest because they were a decade old and the stories were a decade old. And uh, I want to have a phase where just things are a little bit more fun. And they're less written on, like, the dark times of everything. But some of it needs to be more fun. Because I know that some of my favorite... One of the ways that I knew I had a good show is that somebody was making out in the back. <laughs> like, seriously, I'm not even kidding. Like, if there was somebody, like, at the jazz club or when I was when I was performing jazz or, like, later on when I was doing the soul stuff, like, if somebody was, like, dancing in the back that that couple had, like, really bonded, I knew I'd done a good job. Yeah. So, like, even if I had the soulful songs, I always had the covers and they were fun. And, <clears throat> and, I, want, and I want to start writing some of those things that are based around joy or, or based around, like, like, the idea of of like release and I think that's a phase that I'm in and release is one of the songs that uh, is one of the, is one of the first songs um, on the EP. One of the first songs that I really fleshed out too. Mm-hmm. And I, but I feel that in this phase where like before I just, there was so much torture that I was holding in and it just got really complicated and then it got more complicated and then more complicated. Boy. But now I've like worked through so much of it in mm-hmm. really healthy ways that it's like, okay, this is the part where, yeah, I'm still holding on to certain things and confidence gets where it is. But now I feel like I could actually write songs that are based around that idea of release, the idea of joy, because of, I can imagine the idea of letting go of things and like seeing the dawn. Like, oh, oh it was raindrops. It had to do with like, I, I'm I'm enjoying the pitter patter. It's like, the, this is the concept. Of, like, I'm enjoying the pitter patter of the raindrops because I know that um, it might not rain tomorrow. And I, you know, I spent so much time in the desert that mm-hmm. in my head, I was about like when I'm in Arizona, because you really want the rain here less so, but like, you don't want to be like, Oh, it's another rainy day. You're like, man, it might not rain tomorrow. And you know, like I had um, a bunch of, a bunch of discovery calls booked yesterday and I hadn't had that in months. And it was just a really good feeling because whether they lead anywhere, it means that the rain is starting, you know? And I know that those things ebb and flow, but that feeling of like, yeah, I'm gonna like enjoy the rain while it's here. Well, that's pretty great. Soon it's gonna be too hot, right? Yeah, that's that's great. So you're enjoying yourself. It's good. I'm yeah. I'm 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 learning how to. I know that <laughs> sounds weird, but like you know, when you get so serious for so long, you have to remind yourself, hey, it you're you're safe. You're okay. And you're like, oh yeah, okay, cool, sweet. Like yesterday, I um I pushed through a little harder than I, I needed to I should have taken a break at a certain point and then later in the day I'm like oh I feel so I feel so off and I'm like well yeah because you should have taken a break at three <laughs> so today like my thing was like okay 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 I'm gonna take my breaks I'm gonna make sure that I'm doing that because you know like feast or famine isn't the thing it's like it's constant and you know you you keep certain things because you know that there's gonna be slow times but like you know you don't have to fear the the empty parts because the plateaus and the the mountains are going to come it's just it's going to happen but if you if you're trying if you're like rushing so hard every time the mountain hits like once you get to the plateau you're it's going to be like like hard to get across the desert Hmm. Mm -hmm. because you put all your energy out 
And so uh, you're you're calling yourself the you're calling the podcast Gritty Birds 2.0. That's that because, it is sort of that way, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and and what's the difference? Well, Gritty Birds was a the first the first season of the show. I had questions because I wanted to figure like how do you make it as an artist? Like what are the things that? Mm-hmm. And at that point, I really still wanted to get back to performing and. It was, uh, or, you know, over those next couple of years that, like, I recognized the beginning of the work that I needed to be able to do. And the next part, the next season uh, was was going deeper with that, but it was also a lot of other questions. Uh, a lot of it had to do with a lot, had a lot of, that was actually, there was periods of that that were really fun because I had new vision and I was playing with a new medium and I really enjoyed it. At, um, especially at first mm-hmm. and uh you know the narrative pieces it felt like felt very freeing and it was also a weird time because i was leaving teaching and that was very there was a lot of um a lot of feelings around that uh, of loss and of like shame and disappointment and hmm. excitement and uh that i kind of just pushed into the podcast which uh mm-hmm. allowed me to you know, kind of for not totally process everything. And it was also, but it, but at a certain point, like that was sort of where I got caught. It was just promoting. I didn't, I wasn't coming at it from a curious, it was less about curiosity. It was, it was about like, how can I get to a point? And that was where it started getting lost as I was kind of losing the reason why I was doing it. Hmm. And I was also having just really severe panic attacks. Yeah. Like very very bad, um, and that previous fall is when I uh, yeah. come out about my assault, and it, I just didn't I just didn't imagine like at the time I remember feeling so strong I just didn't like you know you don't think about sometimes some of the other pieces but um, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm happy to be where I'm at and that now like I think about so one of the things that came for this evolution of Gritty Birds was I wish that. Sometimes you're like, oh, I wish I could, I could be the person that I needed five years ago. Yeah. So how can I be the person for somebody else who is where I was five years ago? Mm-hmm. Like, what are the, like, what are the tools and what are the things that I can do to create those? Because I had a lot of those tools. Like, I've, I mean, I used to teach meditation. I was a Montessori teacher. Like, mm-hmm. I've always been very connected to all these pieces. But it was one of those things I kind of hid. And it was in the classroom and I didn't Mm -hmm. share that and I wasn't really transparent about it. And I was just kind of a little afraid about, I guess, some of the woo, but like, I've always really been fascinated by, um, neuroscience and psychology. And as a person with ADHD, I've been in therapy since I was like seven, um, off and on. Yeah. I don't know. So, so it's like I've always like I've learned these concepts as I went and um, I've learned so much. And so it's like to come now to this place where I went like super, super deep and there's so much more information out there so that there's all this whole new area of healing is along that journey. I kept having people who would like ask me questions like, how do you do it? Like, how did this happen? You know, what was what was this like? Like, I get so stuck here. They would share you know, the places where they were in their creative journey and they were really stuck. Mm-hmm. And so it became really clear to me that that was like what I wanted the show to be. And 
like as a, as a start, but I also had been so structured in my entire life because mm-hmm. I went from being a classically trained like theater person. Like mm-hmm. I was in, like, I, everything was something that somebody else wrote that I did to perfection. Mm-hmm. I was amazing to be in front of the stage, but it wasn't my own thing. One. And then I went uh, and did jazz and I started writing my own things and, but I still didn't totally trust myself. And then I got into narrative, which was all again structured. Everything was structured. Everything was about being specific and perfect in art. And I saw this idea of it needed to be art. And I, I started thinking about who I wanted to be. And I always come back to like when I was 22 and I moved to Seattle and seen Ruby Bishop play. And she was like 95 at the time. Mm-hmm. Like she was eight, maybe 85. She was 85 at the time. I think she died at 95. And I remember being like Ruby. She's like, I, I'm like, I want to be like Ruby. I want to be playing till the day that I'm like, that I die. And I want to be creating art. But in order to do that, like, you got to be creating it. And you have to have stuff yeah. that you throw away. You have to have a different relationship with it than mm-hmm. the one that I, I had because it was, it was just, so stuck on something that I wasn't seeing pieces of it and I wasn't connecting and I wasn't connecting to myself anymore. And it was allowing imperfection and allowing things to go however they are that allowed for a lot of freedom. You know, like I haven't pushed There's like, I haven't sent on a mailing list, which I need to do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, my numbers haven't been gigantic, but I haven't promoted it heavily. But mm-hmm. I also am tearing things in because I know how to do that. But I'm allowing that to happen because I'm in the long game. Mm-hmm. Well, I think most people don't realize that particularly consumers of, of uh, entertainment and art, they don't, really don't understand uh, that um, mis- mistakes play a, a huge role in the creative process and yeah. in, a, in a very positive way. Yeah. I was thinking last night as I began this concept of the ebb and flow. And then I started thinking about, cause the, the anchor was the, was the word that was coming to me. And then I started thinking about science experiments. My dad was a science teacher. Mm-hmm. And so I couldn't think of the word control, but I remember thinking of the word variable and I was like anchor and variable. Can't remember the other word, but you have to have, if all you have is variables or all you have are the controls, like the science experiment might as well get thrown out because mm-hmm. you don't learn anything. You can't go back to say like where things changed and you need to have that anchor that allows you to grow from, but you have to have the ability to have trial and error. Mm-hmm. I know when I'm making my, you know, I've been making my radio show uh, at home now since the beginning of the pandemic. It's almost almost three yeah. years now, it seems like. And um, although I miss the uh, spontaneity of, and I and I really miss being in a radio station because I'm a, I'm a radio, I'm a yeah, I'm a station. Nineteen eighty six seven. What you said you hadn't had it. You you hadn't scheduled. Oh no, uh, you had no for, for any, that's. that's <laughs> that I haven't written, I haven't written it, written out any questions for an interview. Yeah, I know. I was since just teasing. <laughs> since since '88, but I'm talking about the the show I do on KMHD, uh, yep. which is yep. music. And um, and what I found was I missed 
So I really miss being there and doing the show live, you know, changing my mind at the last minute and throwing another CD in and, and uh, to, to change it and then coming out and opening up the mic and not knowing what I'm going to say. I love that, right? That so it was completely so it's completely different, you know, making it here. But what I found was how how many times um, the coincidence of uh, of making transition between tunes, it just you know, uh, and, and and those you don't expect, don't I mean, you you try something and and all of a sudden it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. And you yeah. didn't really do anything except pick a spot and see how it sounded. <laughs> you know, you between just dropped tunes. the pin and there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, Funny. you know, coincidence is really important, I think. And, of course, some people say there's no such thing as coincidence, but I don't believe that. Well, I, this is one that in the last couple of years I've had Sabat's on, and I've been kind of I feel like one of the next areas that I want to explore right now, I'm still like making myself stay within the foundation of habits. I'm, Cause I almost like, st- I go to Goodwill and I find books. I'm like obsessed with it. In fact, mm-hmm. I've gone so much that the Goodwill's like raised prices and I think it's because of me. <laughs> and so I have to, I swear to God, I'm not kidding. I buy, so, I've been buying so many of them. So I know I need to stop, but I found a couple <laughs> where that are about coincidences that are about this, you know, some of these concepts, but it, I had a conversation with some folks about this because it really is physics in so many ways, but it's also about the training of your brain and what you start noticing. Cause you notice, you start noticing the things that have in common. So while you may not realize that you just drop in a random place, you do know the record well enough, or you do know something well enough to have a concept of where it falls in a song, whether oh, you mean sure. to or not. Sure. Right. Sure, and it's, sure. it's like, you know, everyone says, Oh, Facebook is listening to us, but really they have like this amazing, like, incredible algorithm. Mm-hmm. And our, but our, we do ourselves internally. So mm-hmm. when we are trusting our intuition, our intuition is actually really, really bright. We just don't realize how much it picks up on and perceives. And so coincidence is like this mix between like the physics of life and the movement of energy that literally exists and the, the, for, like the pieces that are, that make you, you. And while we're all surprisingly like each other uh, in, in shocking ways, like our, you know, the differences, those small, minute things can make such amazing, uh, energy, amazing, like dances. Mm-hmm. And or, remember, Bob Dylan, through. yeah, remember Bob Dylan said, take Bob? what you can gather from coincidence. Mm-hmm. That's the Dylan line. <laughs> okay. Take what you, yeah. Yeah. Keep your uh, mind open for the magic of, that was uh, something from one of my episodes. I said, for the magic of, uh, of, yeah, I think I said the magic of coincidences. Is it a coincidence? You don't know. Well, some but people keep, say this. Keep your mind such, open to it. You know, it's just as easy for it to be a mistake as it is to be a positive, you know. But it's, but it's just as easy <laughs> to be cynical about it and not. Like and and just cut it off and say, well, that's done. And then to say, well, I don't know, and oh, to let. Right. You know, I think that's right. so much of it is like we get stuck in this like negative zone because our brains just want to go there, and then and then we're just that negative Nelly, and it's like, come on, have a little well, fun with it. Mistakes. That's lead, where the fun starts coming back in, right? Mistakes lead mistakes you mistakes in the right lead. direction. They do. They do. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> You know, you have to, you have to, like, when I was uh, in my 20s, 
and, and I was running an underground newspaper in Baltimore, Maryland, and I was taking a lot of LSD, and <laughs> and I would get I, I I never had a bad trip, but I had a lot of really frightening hallucinations, but I always realized that they were mine. They were my hallucinations. That's key. And, and I, I, I accepted that and kind of enjoyed them, even though they were frightening. <laughs> That's funny. As long as you know, yeah, I, as long as you know that it's your thing. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that that became one of the key things over the last few years of my panic. Upset. I knew I was having them. Mm-hmm. People are like, how do you know? And you're like, well, you have enough of them that you know where you're experiencing it. And the more that I, you could control and figure out like what it is and name it and then how to like work through it, <laughs> the more like it was like a lot less terrifying. And in the last year, it was the same thing. It was like, oh, if this is what it is. These are the things that I'm not doing right now and I need to be building yeah. in. And then yeah. like it, it changes the experience. And um, but it changes the experience of like, say, fear versus excitement so uh, like Brene Brown I was watching her like Atlas of the Heart on HBO and they were talking about is like the difference between you're scared of something or anxious of something and excited and how those two are actually like the same beast and so are you really excited or anxious and how can you sort of reframe it to say well I I this feeling is also excitement Mm-hmm. So let's kind of sit with that instead of saying I'm scared of it, of just saying there's excitement. Or like my mentor, um, Overton Berry, he used to say it means that um, it means that it matters to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, what what does gritty birds mean? So gritty birds came because Jenny Wren and my friends were uh, we were trying to think of a name for it. And like I've always been somebody who is like a really hard worker and have always also been like a total social butterfly. <laughs> so it's like, I'm, I was very much a DIY. It's like, I'm a person, I'm, I'm a person who finds solutions. Um, I'm somebody who has always found a way to find, solu- you know, to get through things. And I, I felt, especially within artists is that you really have to have that flexibility and that grit because it's a really hard industry. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> It, it was somewhere between like the gritty, the Jenny Wren and my, who I am. And then mm-hmm. also this concept of grit that you have, you, you know, you make a choice that you, this is the route that you're going to go and you stick it through some, the hard times and, you know, to be able to fly. Like mm-hmm. you, you need to have some, some, you know, birds are tough animals. Surprise. Yes. You don't think about that. Yes. So it's like, but they, but they create these beautiful songs. They create like this amazing stuff, but you, they, they're really tough little things that eat a lot of food. They're just yeah. little, little small <laughs> things, you know? So yeah, I felt like a true experience of, mm-hmm. of, uh, creating, of creating art. So you are content. the gritty, you are the gritty bird. I, I really am the gritty bird. Yeah. Ah. That's the truth. That's the truth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, what was there a particular podcast that caught your ear at first when you first started listening to podcasts? No, I was invited on them. Like, cause you know, like ah. there was, there was all the radio that we had in Portland. Like we had just an amazing radio community. It's front here. Every once in a while, somebody's like, you should work in radio. I'm like, not in Portland. Like everyone, <laughs> like, I'm like, come on. I'd be just another, no. Like I already have been in radio and uh, like a wonderful place, but I don't need another volunteer position. Right. Uh, like the, uh, the joy of 
um, yeah, so it was, I was doing the album cycle for my shows mm-hmm. and they were like, you are a really great interview and you have a great voice for radio. So I said, okay. And then, uh, when, but when I quit performing, like I didn't, I mean, what was, I didn't know what, like, what was I going to do? Like suddenly just not exist in this world that I lived in. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I tried to put on a, I put on a festival, which was great, but then that was not a production company that continued. I was doing PR, um, I, you know, doing media, um, I was writing. And so a podcast just really made sense because it, mm-hmm. again, allowed me to create something. I got to make something and I got to record more, which I loved. And it put together all the tools that I like talking to people and mm-hmm producing because i love producing in all its different ways mm-hmm. and that's been a thing for my whole life so it, it really fit all the little elements of it in and it was i could i knew that it was going to be a big industry like i kept telling people like podcasting is going to be the thing podcast is uh, yeah. mm-hmm. and then like yeah and then it finally happened but like i i uh it's just funny seeing it change and people to really take to it now it's been interesting yeah, now everyone has a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> In so many ways. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, we've we've been, uh, th- we I've been doing this one for about eight years, I think, because mm-hmm. Oregon Music News is twelve years old, and we were about, I guess, about three years in when we started this. We're up to about three hundred and thirty-five episodes or something, and. Yeah. Um, and I've enjoyed every one of them, even even the even the people who've been duds, because mm-hmm. when when somebody's a dud, then you get a chance to be entertaining yourself, which is also yeah. part of the fun. You're learning, yeah. Of these things is you get you get to be you know you get to be entertaining, and and if the guest isn't, so that's fine, you know. Right. But yeah, you know, and the thing is, you never know if 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 you're if you're uh, uh, if I have somebody on that I've never talked to before. And he turns out to be a dud, you know. I mean, that's I guess that's my fault, but uh, then I have to step in and be the one who who's entertaining, <laughs> which is fine. I I love that. But for for me, um, you know, I I come out of a, a, a long career in in TV and radio, mm-hmm. and especially in I was I was doing network talk back in the '80s, and uh, and I always loved it, just loved it. I always like to say I never met a mic I didn't like. I mean, same. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I was growing up, like I was always on the road because our family lived in Minnesota and then other weekends we just like drive down to Des Moines. We were always driving somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so I, we'd always have the radio on and Mm -hmm. we'd have the, the, the plays on at night, the, the radio theater, like as on Sundays coming home and we'd have WCCO on up Mm -hmm. heading up to Minnesota. Like we were always listening to radio, always listening to it. Um, and besides it was NPR. So like for me, it was just, I was, I felt just very raised on all of it, you know, mm-hmm. Garrison Keillor, Prairie Home mm-hmm. Companion, mm-hmm. like all of it was such a thing. In fact, in college, I served dinner to him and everybody else was like really confused why I was so excited, but I was just like completely thrilled that I finally got to meet him <laughs> and like got to serve him dinner. Cause I was, you know, because that was such a part of my life and it really was such a natural thing. Cause like I thought about going into like into journalism, like there mm-hmm. is this piece about all of it that I was very always fascinated by. And it's, and I got kind of a media degree actually, and then just did it after that. But radio still has so much fun to it. And I've started getting more into video 
uh, again, but mm -hmm. there is still the simplicity of, of just recording a conversation and how it, it just doesn't need to be super complicated. Like I, even on TikTok, like everybody's like, Oh, you have to dance mm -hmm. or you have to create these fancy videos. And I will, you know, I talk to people about how to do some of those things, but a lot of the things that connect the most are when people just show up and then just have a, like, just say something on there. And like, mm -hmm. if, the, like this is partly why I think like this experiment of me, like doing these like shorts, mm -hmm. I feel like one of it is, is I'm getting more comfortable just sharing things and getting more precise about how I'm explaining things. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm becoming more authentic instead of like hiding behind stuff. And like, <laughs> like by getting loose, it allows me to become more genuinely myself in front of the camera, which is such a tricky thing. Cause you know, for so long, it was like, what's scripted? Oh, like, see, what, that... you have to unscript me? What? Oh, see, that's all I've got. That's all I've got is me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've never Nothing been in any... conversations. Yeah. But like, but it was when I, when I'm sharing like the, the ideas that I have, and that was something that I think I was scared of because, oh, what if people think it's stupid? And that, like, I'm so glad I'm, I'm past that. And I know where, why and how, how that happened, but it's still like a, it's such a thing that we all feel. And I just kept, I keep hearing that. And so now it's like, I want to help people get past that in their voices too. It's like, Hey, yeah, everybody feels stupid. Everybody thinks they sound stupid. Like if you get 10 people listening to you, awesome. Who cares if there's more? Seriously. Yeah. yeah. I know when I was, when I was a little boy uh, at the dawn of rock and roll, um, all I ever wanted to do was play music on the radio. And yeah. um, I had I had this long career in television in, in, as a field producer, story producer, and stuff like that. But um, when I was in my late forties, a friend of mine who was had been the the, the general manager of the net, radio network that I was on, which went out of business unfortunately, but um, he he got a job at the at the station in Baltimore that I used to listen to when I was a kid and he turned it into an oldie station and he gave me a, a, a shift, you know, a shift on that station. And I got to play on that same station, all the tunes that I loved when I was a little boy. That it, was so just fun. it was amazing. <laughs> You're like, I know this, this is easy. Oh, well, it's all right. That's the, the songs I like. That's what I wanted to do. You know, I mean, thank God, yeah. you know, through the, throughout this pandemic, and my health problems that I've had, I've had this podcast and of course, of course, the rest of Oregon Music News, but especially the KMHD uh, uh, show uh, yeah. to, 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 re to rely on, you know, I mean, it's, it's. Yeah. Uh, so the, uh, the, the Gritty Birds 2.0 is sort of therapy, th therapy, isn't it? That's the first word I thought of when I, when I, when I listened to the, to the first episode I mean, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. of 2.0. Yeah. It's really therapy. Very much it's really very much self-help. And then like the guests I'm planning on bringing on are people within, yeah, are going to be people who are coaches, who are, um, who are creatives, who have like been exploring this message of like, you know, how they've been working through it or what they're learning or what they're teaching. Mm -hmm. Uh, and people that I've learned from, cause I, I think that there is, it's just, it's such a, there's finally conversations going on around all of this. And I'm mm -hmm. happy to be part of that conversation because of the fact that it, they just need to be had and they're, 
really important for every for people to experience. And I think that if we're going to be doing this, um, especially now that there's so many folks in the field, I, I mm-hmm. guess I've had so many clients and I kind of just like didn't hit the nail on the head with um, a couple for a little while. And some of it was because I had like, I was still on this point of like pushing for a certain thing. And then I started to remember like elements of it, like you need to have fun. Like yes. it needs to, like, you know, like I need to make this a joyful thing for the people who are coming through. Like it needs uh-huh. to be, you know, just little things that were, I'd gotten so caught up that I needed to prove that it, like how my, you know, as opposed, and I wanted them to have that too, but like, they were just like, that's a lot. <laughs> and yeah. I wasn't trying to make it less complicated, but I was trying to figure out the language of how to share my passion for it. And because I'd spent so many years in tech, I'd just gotten really caught up in tech head. And a lot of it is reconnecting to yourself. And that allows you to start listening to other people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, like I Which said. sounds I, strange, but. Well, you know, we're all we've got. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. That's what my yeah. dad always says. Yeah. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's really true. And it's fine. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, I can't do anything else. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I might as well do this, you know? Yeah. And like, this is the stuff I'm passionate about right now. And yeah. especially because one of the things I really, I just felt like such a failure when I couldn't sing. I felt like I let so many people down. And then I did these Kickstarters and like, I never, I, like I didn't raise enough in the first place. And I just felt like I, I just felt like such a disappointment. I had so much shame. Um, from oh. just so many things, right? And and it was just like stepping past that was a big thing. And now it's like, okay, well, we can do all these other things now. And and it became the passion that it was because now it's like, oh, there's a whole freedom. And I don't know what the next chapter is. Like, this might be something I do for a couple of years. I actually have a, I have a show in mind that I'm probably, that I'm, that has been in preconception now for two years, but I, I'm looking, it's a, it's a, has nothing to do with this stuff, but it does have to do with conversations. I'm really excited about it. That's good. And yeah, it's, it's a neat one. Um, but it's like, I know that the projects will shift and change, but I know that this is, oh, coming back to voice. Yeah. So I just didn't feel like I could teach voice. I didn't feel like I owned it for so long. And, and, but the thing is, is that I've always come back to voice. Like, even mm-hmm. when I wasn't doing voice, I was teaching people how to record. <laughs> like it, um, or I'm always teaching people how to speak or storytell. And, and it became very clear to me that I absolutely needed to just start owning that and just focus in on that. Mm-hmm. And in uh, the frustrations I got when I felt like people just thought I knew tech were because I wasn't sharing my own voice. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's help. You know, it's really about the fact that I want people to be feeling excited in their voice because most people are so self-conscious about how they sound about things that they're saying when Mm -hmm. the fact is is that they're not stupid they're so much more free than Mm -hmm. they think but it just takes it just takes some work to be able to get past you know the hang-ups that we have and not everybody has like different levels of what that is yeah Um, because mine were so like where they were being like if I'm like hey if you if I can get through it and I know other people who like <laughs> have had complications and I promise you like you can get through it too 
And mm-hmm. it's so much fun. You can get to the fun part again. And that's the key. It's like, how do we get back to the fun of why do we say that we practice um, or it's a, it's a practice of practicing and we're, you know, we're about creating it's um, what's well, not the word. It's a practice of practice. I forgot the one, but okay. um, playing, playing the word playing, playing um, here. I'm playing. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm going to p- go play piano. It's supposed to be fun. Yeah, it is fun. <laughs> it's play. It's really yeah. fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> you we know. just have to kind of like train a little bit to get to that part. And I think podcasting is the same concept, but it's a different kind of instrument. It's not yeah. necessarily music, uh, but there's this part where you have to kind of get some of your chops in. And once you get there, the play becomes a lot more fun, but you just have to be a little patient, like get through some of the, the elements that feel unfamiliar. And then you'll start trusting yourself more yep. and if or if you allow yourself you know like let yourself yeah let yourself kind of trip every once in a while it'll mm-hmm. be fine mm-hmm. you yeah. might fall into something good yeah yeah, yeah. well you know well you, you know if you don't have fun you shouldn't do it no you no. shouldn't do it you should, should, you should try something else mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah there's lots of things that but there's lots of yeah I, i'm sure you as you know there's lots of things lots of skills to be learned you know, always. Uh, there are a lot. Yes, yes, always. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like uh, my yeah. <laughs> one thing I've, I, I, and it's funny. It's it, it goes across all the all the different different platforms I've ever been on. I think I, I think I've been on all of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Except, except I, I was never on a seventy eight RPM record. <laughs> um, that's about it. Uh, but the thing is, you know, the, the one thing I've I have taught all of the all the writers, all the all the people I've worked with, um, all the people who have I've, I've supervised is the one thing, is the magic question, which mm-hmm. is if you get stuck, and you have a brain fart, and you don't know what to say next, just ask them, what's the challenge in that, <laughs> and okay. that's. It always works. They What's love the that question. Yeah. Doesn't matter who they are. They love that question, huh. and it always works. It's the magic question. I'm writing this one down. What's the challenge <laughs> in that? What's the challenge in that? Oh. <laughs> yeah, as I've been doing discovery calls again, I've been thinking about questions. I want to ask more <laughs> questions of people because not everyone's a good fit, but like I want to learn from them at least. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Get to know more about what people need. So if you yeah. ever if you ever hear one of my podcasts and you hear me ask the questions, what's the challenge in that? You'll know <laughs> that I have either had a terrible brain fart or I have a real stiff as a guest. <laughs> that's that's great. Yeah, that's really funny, and I, I'm I'm very excited to learn this uh, this trick of the trade that I've never it heard is, before. It's a trick. It's a trick. You got to have a trick. You got to have something up your sleeve. Yeah. Well, wow. listen. It's thank you pleasure. so much. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, we'll have all the all, all the proper links on the page here, and um, this yeah. will be up on Thursday. Uh, and because we uh, we don't edit, I don't. That was that was a founding principle of this thing is that I'm not editing. The only time I ever edited was I had a blues singer on, and she talked about wanting to kill um, kill yeah. Trump. Oh. And. Uh, so I said, you know, I better take that part out. Yeah. Uh, other than that, you know, I mean, uh, it, it is what yeah. it is. 
Yeah. And I didn't share my bank account number and not that there'd be anything in it, but you know, like things like, you know, <laughs> the social security number. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jenny, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And like we, I, and I'll, I'll end this the way we end all of them by saying, that's entertainment. That's entertainment. <laughs> <laughs>